All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the spacious and grandeur of the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your Uncle Jimmy barking shit into a microphone for a podcast called Greased Wheels, which goes out to all you automotive technicians out there, all you wrench-twisting bastards out there in Greased Wheels Nation, all the people out there, regardless of what you fix, what you work on, all the shit you fix, all the shit you work on, regardless, regardless, boys and girls, Regardless of what you work on, you can listen to Grease the Wheels all you want. And if you don't fix stuff, you can still fucking listen to it. It's just going to hit a little bit closer to home than maybe you'd like. Before we get started, I want to just say, and I say it a lot, but I don't think I can say it enough, and I don't think I could ever say it enough. I want to say thank you to all the people out there who keep the planet rolling, rolling along, okay? Hey, there's machines everywhere doing all kinds of shit people are completely and totally fucking unaware of. And they're taking all of the services that these machines provide for them, be they electricity or transportation or maybe uh, travel in the air or on the sea or maybe just overland, whatever that travel may be. All of those machines are being fixed by wrench twisted motherfuckers like you. And you're doing a great job because this planet just keeps on rolling, chugging along. And it's all because of you. And I want to say thank you. And I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to partake in some of the uh delicate and semi-delicate modes of transportation and other assorted services that you folks uh, help provide. I'd like to take advantage of that every opportunity possible. I have lights on in my apartment. Obviously, my laptop is turned on. My microphone is hot. The air conditioning is on, so I'm not as hot as I could be. The TV's actually on, but the sound is off because you don't want to hear what I'm listening to. Sometimes I'm not even sure I want to hear it. And uh, my phone is charging. So uh, thanks. Thanks to all you guys out there for making all of that shit happen. Okay. Thank you very much. Planet doesn't move without you. Now, I was uh, doing a little series here. Listen, a little mini series, kind of a March mini series on uh, the senses. And uh, I covered sight and smell and sound and how they were important to automotive technicians and all technicians in general, as far as determining what the fuck is going on with the machines we're trying to fix. And I said that I wasn't going to touch on, well, touch. But you know what? I changed my mind because you know what? I realized on Friday, actually, this came to me. It was like an epiphany from God himself that touch is actually pretty important. And I'll, uh, I'll fill you in on why it's important and what happened to me on Friday so that you'll know that that is the actual uh, cause, the inspiration for this particular podcast. But one of the things I want to talk to you about touch is not so much actually touch and touching things. That is actually kind of a component of touch. Thank you very much. But also, too, about having a touch or a specific touch or a feel for something or perhaps having a magic touch, which and I have experienced that many times. I've got a couple of individuals from my past who uh, helped to shape me as who is as as to who I am as a mechanic, as somebody who can't really fucking talk worth a shit, but as uh, a mechanic who had extraordinary and I mean with a capital E extraordinary skills and could literally diagnose cars with a touch or a feel. They knew it's, they seemingly knew what was wrong with every car before it even came into the shop and were able to diagnose them by simply placing their fucking hands on it, like some sort of a, a, a healer of some sort, or maybe a car whisperer or some shit like that. They were extraordinary individuals with uh, extraordinary mechanical skills and, and, and actually like a sixth sense for actually diagnosing and repairing cars. I mean, I suppose at some point in time, they could look you deadpan in the eye and say, I see dead cars. <laughs> so... 
That's their sixth sense. But I want to talk to you about touch first off the bat. Touch is a very it, it touch is actually more important than I thought it was, and obviously I had to have my opinion changed by something I actually touched on Friday, which is ridiculous that it would happen that way. But uh, uh, touch can be very important when you're working on a car, and uh, it, you can't really discount it. Okay, now if you're in the collision business, well, first off, you're probably not listening to this podcast because it usually goes right to the heart of uh, being an auto mechanic and doesn't touch too much on collision work or body work or painting a car at all. But there's a a hell of a lot of touch involved with that. If you're uh, applying a fiberglass or paint to a surface and you need to have a specific touch and you need to be able to paint a car properly so that it looks good and there, that involves a certain kind of a touch. And before you actually do that, the substrate needs to be properly prepared before you lay paint onto it. And there there is a lot of touch and feel involved with that, actual touching and feeling and sanding with uh, assorted uh, different grades of sandpaper all the way up to, in some cases, uh, two and 3,000 grit, okay? Now, uh, most of us as auto mechanics probably don't do paint and body work. I've actually done... Uh, my fair share of it. And uh, actually, I got to be honest with you, I'm actually really, really good with body work. I have uh, almost, I would say, a knack for it. I really do. Um, But what I don't have a knack for and I don't have a touch for and I don't have a feel for is laying on the paint. Now, I can throw the color on a car eh, fairly well. It's when I get to the clear that I have big fucking problems and I've been trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing wrong for over almost fucking 12 years now because I painted a couple of cars and they came out, let's just say, awful. So I don't have a touch when it comes to that shit, okay? One of the things that I wanted to, to say to you before we, I get too far into it is that touch is important as far as you yourself as you physically exist, okay? Now... I don't want to talk about touching yourself in a, a non-approved manner, okay? Let me just put it that way, okay? I'm not talking about masturbation or anything like that. I mean, I could talk about that for hours. I don't think anybody would listen to that podcast, and if they did, I'd be seriously afraid of them, okay? So I'm not going to talk about that. But what I'm going to talk about is is if you have some sort of an injury or something happens to you and you need to, I mean, it's it's as simple, I mean, Boys and girls, we smash the fuck out of our hands and our fingers and our thumbs and our arms and sometimes our heads and whatever else is hanging off of our body. Sometimes we fucking smash them and we have to have a, a specific feel to, to kind of indicate to us what is wrong. And obviously a lot of that feeling comes internally, which sounds okay, okay. You know, I can tell if, if I mean, if I hit my thumb with a hammer, I don't need to reach over with my other hand and grab my thumb to tell that my thumb fucking hurts. But I will probably have to reach over with my other hand and feel it if it's broken or if it's dangling or maybe if I did a really good job maybe I have to reach over and pick it up off the fucking floor I hope that that doesn't ever happen to any of you unfortunately it is probably going to happen to at least a couple of you and maybe maybe I've just brought up a horrible memory for you and it has already happened to you so just be careful out there and realize that you have to be in charge of yourself physically when you're working on a car you have to kind of pay attention to how you feel how your body feels and when something like that happens where you you smack your arm or your elbow on something or you fucking ratchet your knuckles against a fucking uh something sharp or something sticking up and or maybe a fucking wire tie that got cut off in an asinine angle which is which is really uh should be a a capital offense honestly but uh, these are things that you could feel that would not be good and you want to you want to kind of get get i mean you kind of got to 
you know, have a feel for your own body so that you can say, oh, you know, that's not a big deal or or guess what? Yes, that's a big deal. Call 911. Or maybe even, I mean, even your eyeballs. I mean, you have to have a feel. I mean, you can't really reach into your eyeball and feel it up. I mean, I suppose you could, but that's not really uh, something that's going to help you out. I mean, but if you get something in your eye, you you are going to have to feel. You're going to. You may even have to touch your eye. You may have to help wash out whatever's in it. It's kind of important to know. Uh, how it should feel or or maybe whether or not you shouldn't feel it even that's another another thing that you would probably have to figure out and maybe you should figure it out before you need to figure it out on the spot now this is a stupid story but the other day I was picking up something off the floor and I had a there was a pig mat that it was stuck underneath something and I went to grab it and when I yanked it there was a half cut this is no this is not this is not made up okay there was a half cut uh hog ring on this because we do you know we do a little bit of upholstery work at the shop i work at and it was a half cut hog ring on top of this pig mat and when i pulled it out from whatever the fuck it was it acted like a slingshot and it shot that half cut piece of fucking hog ring right into my eyeball at a speed unto which i could not blink my fucking eye fast enough and it hit my eyeball really hard i mean i'm not shitting you i'm no pussy okay i bash my head on shit i hit my knuckles i just fucking i just like whatever you know but this fucking hurt and i actually put my finger on my eyeball and could feel a fucking dent in it and it it was sore for a couple of fucking days and i took that i'm telling you what because i don't take that shit lightly i if something pisses me off i don't care if it's animate or inanimate usually it's inanimate i took that fucking hog ring and i put it on my vice and i smashed it about eight fucking times with a hammer and now it looks like a half run over fucking penny from a railroad track i smashed that thing till it was fucking flat that thing's never gonna fuck with my eyeball again. That's for sure. God damn it. Anyway, I had to. I could feel. A, I'm honest. Honest to God, through the sense of touch, I could feel a dent in my eyeball from this fucking thing. And I'm probably lucky it didn't go into my eyeball. But uh, if that had happened, I probably would have gone to a foundry somewhere, made a fire, or taken a torch, and melted that fucking thing down until it was dust. Because that's that's my mo. You know, I get revenge. I like to fuck with inanimate objects that piss me off, and sometimes I'll just take them right out and straight up smash them. Uh, because really, honestly, folks, they can't testify, and even if they did, they they wouldn't win because they can't pay the bill. You know. Uh, anyway, moving on. That's just some ridiculous bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> and I apologize if that makes it onto the podcast. I'll be very surprised. But uh, that's that's what happened to me, and and that's one of the things that I had to deal with as far as personally in my my own body having to having to touch and and having to <laughs> form some kind of an opinion or reaction from that. Now, one of the things I want to say to you about touch is that there is an awful lot of shit on a car that you can touch or that you can have in your hands, or that you could feel, that's going to tell you how it's working. And, and I was not even sure that I could come up with anything. And then I started writing down all the shit that you could actually feel and make some sort of a diagnostic uh, impression of that. I mean, just as an example, I mean, there's stuff that you can touch and you're going to tell it's bad. And this is what happened to me on Friday. This is something that it should be obvious. And you would think, oh, you know, you, you know, this is this is sort of obvious, but it's not really that obvious. I mean, I don't think anybody, I mean, the, the guy who was working on the car, is not, wasn't me, a uh, guy, one of my associates where I work was working on this car. And he came over to me and he says, oh, I have a whole bunch of faults for the camera that lives in a windshield. And uh, I said, well, so what, you know, what the way, why are you telling me this? And he goes, well, you put a windshield in it like three months ago. And I'm like, oh, okay. So me putting a windshield in the car made the camera go bad because I had to take the camera off the old windshield 
and put it on the new one. And of course, you know, I, I fucked it all up when I did that, of course, you know, because that's how technicians think. You know, that's how technicians think. Um, but he wasn't being a jerk like that. He just said, oh, he says, do you think anything you did could have caused that? It was more of a question than a, than a, than a, uh, than an accusation, which is a good thing because uh, then he'd know how that fucking hoggering felt. But uh, I go over to the car and I go, I don't know, let's take a look. Have you pulled it out and looked at it? And he goes, no. Of course, you know, he's just going by what the tester tells him. And that's one of the things that, you know, as technicians, as people who diagnose things, as people who solve problems, it's one of the things you have to do that, quite frankly, we're not that good at. You know, we got something that's causing a problem. The tester says, hey, this thing's fucked up. Go. Get off your fucking ass. Get up off the fucking dirty rag bucket and fucking pull the fucking thing out and look at it for Christ's sakes. And maybe if you get to if you get to the fucking whatever it is and you can touch it, you might feel something that indicates to you whether or not the fucking thing is working right. Okay, so I go over and he hasn't removed this part from the car and he's already thinking that it's bad and the tester's already told him that it's bad. It's given him what we call a dyad code that says, hey, replace the fucking thing, it's junk. And so what I do is I go in, I get in the car and I pull all the trim pieces off. There's like fucking three or four trim pieces that are covering this camera. And as soon as I touch it, I realize that it is indeed bad because the fucking thing was flaming fucking hot. I mean, you could have cooked a hot dog on the fucking thing. It was that hot? I'm like, holy shit, that fucking thing is glowing cherry red practically. And he reached in and he felt it. He goes, holy shit. And then he looks at me. And now he, now I got to admit that this guy, he's going to be an excellent mechanic and he really pretty much already is, but uh, he's, he's a little on the green side and he goes, Jesus, what the hell causes that? You know, what, what is it that makes heat like that inside that module? I go, well, dude, what else, what is it that about uh, electric, electric things that makes heat? Wait for it, folks. Resistance. It's how seat heaters work. It's how rear window defoggers work. They stick a lot of amperage through a fucking small circuit, and that circuit heats up, and guess what? No more ice and snow on the back window, and your butt's nice and toasty, you know? And uh, usually, usually, I want to say the word usually in there, usually they have the amperage uh, regulated to a point where it's not going to set the car on fire or it's not going to cause something to melt, but uh, that isn't always 100% true all the time because I have seen people whose clothes have been set on fire by a seat heater that, well, worked a little too fucking well. So, yeah, I was able to tell him. I say, yeah, you know, this module's definitely bad because it's got to be shorted internally. And he's like, how do you know that? I go, well, what makes heat? And you know, I go, I don't know. I said, resistance. Resistance equals heat in something electric. And so if you've got an internal shorting in there, it's going to make heat. And it's not, its job is not to make heat. Its job is to make an image appear on your screen or at least tell the car that there's something in the way and we better hit the brakes or we better at least warn the guy who's got his foot on the gas, takes foot off the gas and hit the brakes, whatever. It was one of those kind of deals where it's a camera that's uh, used to warn you if you're going to run into something. So that, that camera needed to be replaced. And, and you could have told that. I mean, you could have looked and seen that there were several faults for that particular component, gone in and touched it and said, yep, it's fucked. It's fucked, and that would have been a good example of the sense of touch working out for you. Now, there's a lot of other things in the car that you could touch that'll tell you if it's bad. Sometimes uh, wiper blades, you can you can run your finger along a rubber wiper blade and just feel that it's fucking gooey or that it's dry as a popcorn fart, and it's just not going to work as a wiper blade anymore. You know, It's got to be kind of soft and got to be kind of pliable, and if it's not any of those fucking things, it's probably not going to work that well. You know, I mean, that's just a dumb thing. You can also tell... If a wiper is not working well by feeling the glass, I mean, if there's a lot of horse shit 
that has caked itself onto the windshield of a car, you can change the wipers all day long. It's not really going to help. I mean, there's tree sap, dead bugs, all kinds of shit that can get on a windshield. And if you were to run your hand along it, you go, well, no wonder the fucking wipers don't work worth a fuck. Fucking windshields covered with more fucking snot than a fucking five-year-old sleeve, you know? So... There's that, you know, and that's something that you can feel. I mean, you can usually see if there's shit on a windshield, but if you run your hand along it, it just reinforces what you're what you're seeing or, you know, maybe even what you're smelling. Who knows? I don't, dead bugs probably, a lot of them probably have a really bad smell. I don't know. I, I'd call ever smelling dead bugs, but I would imagine they don't smell well. So, you know, it would, and as far as electronics go, okay, now you're, you know, if you've got some component that's not working say a module that runs i don't know the hatch opening or perhaps it runs the the cameras in the car or it runs a trailer wiring harness uh you know retrofit kit or or maybe it's just an amplifier or something if you grab these things and they're hot they're really hot and they shouldn't be hot i mean it shouldn't be much hotter than ambient really unless i mean unless you've been working the shit out of them. i mean amplifiers get hot they'll put a heat sink on them things so that they don't get too hot but if they get really 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 hot they're obviously not going to last very long that way and so you're either going to have to put a fan on it or you're going to have to replace it okay because heat is heat is some destructive shit just take anything you got and throw it in a frying pan and turn the heat on high and see what the fuck happens to it. Heat's pretty destructive. So if you feel something that's hot and hotter than it should be, then it's probably either bad or going bad. That's one of the things. With electronics, too, the other thing that kicks the shit out of those fucking things is moisture. Now, if you've got a module that's not working and you go back and you look at it and you pull it out and all of a sudden water comes out of it, or if it's swimming in water, you don't really need to touch that to know that uh, an electronic module in a car swimming in water that's underwater you don't need to feel that really i mean you can and maybe maybe the water went away and the module's still wet but you can't really tell and then you pick it up and suddenly there's it feels wet or heavy from having water in it or water comes out yeah you're gonna feel that so there's some things that you can feel there okay now uh that's not really that's not really something that's gonna happen to you a lot not something that you're gonna have to close your eyes pinch your nose and plug your ears and, and feel but uh you certainly could you certainly could. It would reinforce other inputs to your brain from your eyes, your ears, and your nose, okay? Uh, electronics. Is, and, and folks, I hate to break this to you, but cars are becoming so loaded down with electronics. I mean, the cars nowadays have more computing prowess just to open the fucking doors than like the Apollo 11 spacecraft had. Seriously, they, they've just, they have morphed into these uh, amazing uh, computerized, transportation devices and quite frankly a lot of us can't fix them <laughs> i mean i get into some of them and they're doing crazy shit and i mean you can usually with a little bit of help figure out what's going on with everything and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not so easy and so i'm going to want to avail myself to all of the senses i have and sometimes if i just take a module out and hold it in my hand and feel it i can maybe maybe that puts me over the edge as far as thinking maybe that module's working or in fact, not working. So you got to use every 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 ounce of skill you have, every input you can get. And if it includes touching something and feeling something, then by all means, do it, okay? Put, put it in your hands. I mean, if you're checking fuses, for Christ's sakes, and you can't find one that's blown, but maybe... Maybe you take a heat gun and you run it across it and you can see that it's hotter than the rest of them and you pull it out and yeah, it's hot. Guess what? You got some serious amperage flowing through that fuse and perhaps something that that fuse is running 
is drawing extra amperage, it may be killing your battery. So, and you could conceivably feel that. I mean, if you just took a row of fuses and ran your finger along it really slow, you'd feel that each fuse was about the same temperature until you got the one that was fucking up. Now, I'm not saying that that's a, a really good way to check for a draw, but you could certainly do that. You could certainly do that. When it comes to uh, some of the other things that you could feel, fluids, sure. You could, <laughs> and I mean, I think a lot of us, <laughs> I think a lot of us wear gloves. And really, I mean, I do. Um, and some, some people don't wear gloves. They're not, they go, real men don't wear gloves. They don't wear bitch mittens. And it's like, yeah, well, fuck you. Because my hands got the shit eaten out of them until I discovered that I could wear these gloves and not get my hands having the shit eaten out of them. And so I was able to maintain a career working as an auto mechanic simply because I wear gloves, okay? So fuck you and your bitch mittens bullshit, okay? If you don't want to wear them, that's fine. If it makes me a bitch, fine. I'll sign up. I'll sign my name in capital letters. I'm a bitch because I wear gloves, all right? Um, but you could take the gloves off and feel certain things. And now a lot of you guys are not going to do that. I get it. It's not necessary, but you could. Okay. And that's the thing here. You could, uh, fluids are especially one that you could, you could actually rub that shit around in your fingertips and feel if there's something going on. I know that, uh, in the past we've, we've taken gear oil out of a vehicle and rubbed it around and felt grit in it. And some of that grit was not small by any stretch of the imagination. Some of it was big, which indicated that we had a problem with whatever component that particular fluid came out of. Um, it's true with gear oil that lives in a, in a rear end or a rear differential. It's true with transmission fluid that lives in an automatic transmission. It's also true with the fluid that lives in a manual transmission. I mean, if you get some of that shit on your fingers and you roll it around and it feels gritty, you, you're pretty, I'm saying you're, it's, it's a pretty good bet you're going to have to replace one of those fucking components, okay? Because gritty, dirty, shitty lubrication, it's not fucking good. It's not good. If, if lubrication wears out and you start getting chunks out of something and then you don't change the fluid and then you come along later and the chunks are really, really big, well, you're going to be walking if you don't fix it, okay? Or somebody's going to be walking. So, you know, that's one of the things you can do with your with, with your fingertips and your sense of touch. Uh, you can feel if oil is gritty, engine oil. Uh, a lot of times you can look at engine oil and see that it's gritty. I've seen oh, over the course of the last three years at the shop I'm at now, I'm about maybe every couple of months or so I'll see somebody pull out an oil filter and they'll, they'll, they'll yell out, Oh my God, you know, or something, some sort of uh, exclamation. And then we go over and we find that the oil looks like it's got stripper glitter in it. And, uh, you know, usually that's a pretty good indication that that motor is finished. Okay. Bearing surfaces have deteriorated to the point where they're just coming apart and, uh, you get little, little chunks of metal out of it. And the little chunks of metal circulate through the oil as well. And they act as like a little sandblaster for your bearing surfaces and they destroy your engine. Usually it doesn't take too long. So you'll see that and you could, you could feel that. I mean, maybe you might not be able to see it, but you could feel it if you had to, you know, if you got it on your hands, you'd feel it and you go, oh yeah, that, that's not good at all. Brake fluid, same thing. You know, brake fluid gets crappy and it's going to have a different feel to it. And unfortunately I've had brake fluid on my hands many times and I, I wish I hadn't, but uh, it has a slippery feel to it. And if it's not, and, and, and if it's not good, if it's got a lot of moisture in it, it's going to have a little bit of a different feel to it. Now, I'm betting good money that a lot of you would really avoid like the play getting brake fluid on your fingers because that's that stuff is just, ugh. nobody wants to fucking touch that shit. I got it, okay? But you could. And if you touched enough brake fluid, say you touch some new stuff by accident and, you know, maybe every couple of months you touch some new stuff, you touch some new stuff. And then all of a sudden one day you get some brake fluid out of a car and you put it on your fingers, you go, oh, that's no good. That's no good. You can feel that it's no good. 
and because uh, it's absorbed so a lot of water and it's dirty and it uh, it's just crappy, and so you know you got to flush it out and maybe you got a bad component because of that shitty brake fluid. So that's one of the things you can do with a sense of touch. The other thing that you could uh, this is <laughs> this is a killer one, uh, and I, I've never experienced this until I got to Texas. Okay, now I'm from the north, so we have washer solvent tanks in our cars that are fairly big. And you fill them up with washer solvent, and then three weeks later, they're completely fucking empty. Right when you need them, actually. You know, you're in the middle of a snowstorm, and, and there's shit all over the windshield, and you hit the washers, and they just go, yeah, sorry, you're out, and uh, you're fucked. And so you try to make sure that they're full. And you have to also, being up from up north, you have to make sure that your washer solvent has an antifreeze in it, an ethyl, uh, some sort of an alcohol in it to keep it uh, from freezing. But you know what? In Texas, they don't really need that because other than last February, it almost never gets too cold here, you know? I mean, summer really pretty much lasts 12 months of the year around here. But one of the things that happens, and, and this is just this is just a little FYI for you if you're down here, uh, you have to put some alcohol in the washer solvent anyway, even though you're not worried about it freezing up. The reason you have to do that is because guess what you get if you have water sitting in a washer solvent tank for a long time? You get algae. And I'm not shitting you. It's, it's ridiculous. And I never, I'm laughing because I've never run into that before up north, but down here, it's, I've run into it many times. And I know what's happening. People go, oh, my windshield washers don't work. And I'm like, uh huh. And you put water in your washer tank, don't you? you go, yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be $100, $155 for an hour of my labor to pull your washer solvent tank out and pull the strainer out and throw it away with a big, 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 huge, big, one more time, big, fat, disgusting fucking glob of fucking algae stuck to it that looks exactly like snot. I mean, it's terrible. It looks god awful. Almost makes me want to puke the first time I saw it. Now I'm kind of used to it. But I, and then, and then, and then you have to go and you have to flush the tank out because not all of the algae in that tank is going to be stuck to the strainer. A good chunk of it is. A good big fucking snotty handkerchief full of fucking snot is going to be stuck to it. And you're just going to throw it away because you don't want to clean it. Just throw it away and get another one. But then you have to wash the tank out because there's algae floating around in it. And when you go to drain the tank, the algae is just going to go, oh, 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 oh. hang on, grab, grab a hold of something. He's going he's gonna to empty us out. No, you have to go in with a little hot water and clean that shit out, okay? And you, and, and look, I've cleaned out about half a dozen of these things down here, and I've seen other technicians have to do it. And I'm not going to touch that shit, okay? It looks absolutely disgusting. And I mean, it's just algae, right? You're thinking, oh, just algae. You know, there's algae in the ocean. There's algae in lakes and rivers and streams. You go, yeah, but this stuff, this stuff looks bad. It's just a word of advice. Uh, don't put straight water into your washer solvent tank. If you're up north, it'll freeze and crack it and destroy it that's what happens up there down here you get algae and and that's worse than having it freeze i think it's and if you just put a little washer solvent in, you don't have to put a lot just put a little in there and it, it just keeps that right down to nothing because they can't live in alcohol and they don't like it so they're not gonna it's not gonna form in there i just cleaned one out it was just last weekend and i'm telling you it was a it was a big it was like a half a pound of snot is what it looked like and I, I cleaned it out, threw it away, and uh, cleaned out the tank, charged it up with some brand new stuff with some washer solvent concentrate in it, and cleaned out the hoses and everything. Got it working good. Got it working good. But before, it was just plugged up fucking solid, okay? and But that's one of the things that you could conceivably feel if you pulled some washer solvent out of it and you ran it around in your fingers. You could probably feel that feel that shit. Not that anyone would want to. Um, there's other things that you can feel that'll help you diagnose them. AC lines, that's another one. 
uh, AC lines, uh, when they get plugged up, they get really, 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 really fucking cold right where they're plugged. And then after that, yeah, not so cold. So if you have an AC system that's not working and its system's charged up and the compressor's coming on and everything should be working, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what you want in a working system is that the compressor comes on and the, and the system's not leaking and it's full of refrigerant, should be working. But you could conceivably have a blocked hose and you would run your hand down it and you would feel cold, cold, colder, 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 and then all of a sudden it would feel lukewarm or ambient. And you'd go, okay, that hose is plugged right there, so I need to replace it. Now, it's not as common a problem now as it used to be. Apparently, it used to be a much more common problem with uh, R12 systems. And I don't know if it was a common problem with R134 systems. I never saw it, but that's what I was taught. So that's one of the things that you could diagnose with the tips of your fingers and the touch, the feel of touch, okay? Um, also, too, you can feel uh, certain surfaces, okay? Uh, I mean, besides uh, bodies, body components, you know, fenders and quarters and trunks and, lo and hoods and glass, you could feel a rotor surface. Now, let me fill you in on something real quick here. If a car comes in off the highway and they've been driving for 30, 40 minutes and they say, hey, I got a brake problem and you can smell it, which is one of your other senses, and you see a rotor and it looks kind of like it's fucked up, well, what you want to do is uh, grab a hold of yourself and tell yourself, hey, fuckhead, don't touch that. It's going to be fucking hot because I did that once when I was real young. My dad said something about the brakes on his car fucking up and I could smell that one of the calipers appeared to be stuck. And what did I do? The dumb fuck that I was, I stuck my finger right in there and put it on the caliber and got a third degree burn on the tip of my index finger. And I shouted out a few curse words that my mother thought I didn't know, which is kind of ridiculous because I think I invented them, actually. <laughs> you would think I invent them by the way I use them on this podcast anyway. So there's there's something else that you can uh, diagnose with your fingers or with a sense of touch, uh, but be careful. Uh, like I said, brake, brake surfaces get hot. <laughs> you don't want to go and grab them and just go, yeah, it is. It's really, really rough. And oh, by the way, fucking hot! Moving along here, also clutch, uh, clutch manual transmission flywheels. You could feel those. Those will feel, uh, those will actually feel smooth. Um, and you, you may even be able to feel hot spots, although typically your eyeballs can help you with that one. Uh, hot spots on a clutch disc or even a brake disc, uh, sometimes pop out and are visible. They're visible. Uh, sometimes, but uh, sometimes you can run your fingers along them when they've cooled down. Thank you very much. And, and be able to tell that someone needs a new clutch and they also need to take their fucking foot off the clutch pedal in between shifts. But they'll say they're not doing it. Uh, another one, this is a really, really good one where you use a sense of touch is when you have a bad wheel bearing, especially on a vehicle that has a coil spring type suspension. You throw that thing up in the air a few feet and you spin whatever wheel it is you think has a bad wheel bearing and you grab the spring, okay? And if there's a bad wheel bearing in there, you will feel, because the spring is under pretty good tension, you will feel whatever irregularities are in that bearing, okay? And you can also check it against the other bearings. We had one just the other day where the bearing was, I mean, it was this one was so bad, it was making noise and you could hear it and we're spinning it by hand and feeling the spring and you could feel it in the spring, but then you go to the other side and it's just silent and the spring doesn't even twitch when you turn the wheel. So it's like pretty obvious, but that's a really, really good one for diagnosing wheel bearings. Uh, I've counted on that many times uh, and that's it's really good. That's a good tip for you from your Uncle Jimmy. So just take that one and run with it. Next time you have a car, it has a bad wheel bearing. Just throw it up in the air and spin the wheel. You could even, you know, if it's a back wheel bearing, you could even just throw it in gear 
turn the uh, traction control off and let the engine spin the wheel and grab the spring. And uh, typically what I'll do is grab the spring on the other side to compare it. And then you'll know right away, well, that wheel bearing is shot. And sometimes you'll have two wheel bearings shot uh, in a car. And, and I've, I've never seen one with all four, although I'm sure there's cars out there that have gotten all four wheel bearings, but probably not all at the same time. Although I'm sure somebody somewhere is going to hit the Facebook page and say, I had a car, I changed all the wheel bearings on one time, Uncle Jimmy. Uh, they were all bad because they jumped a railroad track. And I'm like, okay, so you work on the Duke Brothers car. That's just great. Uh, but moving on, you know, some of the other things that you could feel, that you could touch, that will give you an indication as to whether they're still good or bad. Uh, drive belts, whether they be serpentine or V-belts, you could, you could touch those and feel if they're gooey. I mean, seriously, if they're gooey or if they're sticky or if they're really dry or if they're cracked, you could feel that. Uh, cracking usually is something that's visible, so you don't usually have to do that, but you certainly could feel them. Also, radiator hoses, you can feel if they're squishy, and uh, it's actually a really good way to diagnose radiator hoses. Just grab them, and if they feel strong and they feel tight and they don't feel like they're coming apart and being chemically inundated with some other shit, you might be able to say, okay, you know, that radiator hose is probably good, unless, of course, it's, you know, it's got a cut in it, but, I mean, even a brand-new radiator hose could have a cut in it, and the hose itself would feel to the touch like it's still good. So that's uh, it's not the only thing you can count on. And as a matter of fact, I don't think I would actually count on my sense of touch as the sole method for diagnosing a lot of this stuff, but it certainly helps. Okay. Now, one of the things that you can always touch that you could touch regularly and you should touch them regularly and diagnose them is tires. Okay. If you throw a car up in the air and I'm talking to the pros that work on cars all day long and they throw them up on a lift or maybe they just jack them up or whatever, but you can run your hand along a tire. Be careful. I want, you know, let me just stop right in the middle of that and say, be careful to use the other senses, uh, especially the, the sense of sight to see if perhaps there are cords hanging out of a tire because cords are typically sharp as a motherfucker and they will cut you they will stick into your skin and you you might even need to get a tetanus shot depending on how long those cords been hanging i'm not making that up just be careful okay but if you've got a tire in front of you and you can see there's no cords hanging out of it and you run your hand across it you can tell if that car has some sort of an alignment concern if you feel heel to toe wear on either side of that tire or if it's got if it's cupped or if the tread is separating, you sometimes you can feel that. Sometimes you can feel lumps in the tread, which you might not be able to see. Sometimes you could even run your hand around a tire and feel if it's been plugged or perhaps if there's something sticking into it. Again, here you want to use the use the eyeballs first before you stick your hand into something. But uh, you can definitely feel if a tire is working properly. Now, uh, you know, I've we've talked about videos a million times, but in the videos that I do, I will actually show myself running my hand across the tire and say, the tire is worn nice and evenly across the face. That says to me that this particular vehicle does not have an alignment concern, not right at the moment anyway, and that the tires are wearing nice and evenly, which means to me that they've A, been inflated correctly, and B, you don't drive like an asshole, and C, uh, you don't have uh, a toe adjustment necessary or any other adjustment for that matter, that it's just wearing the way it's supposed to. So that's one of the great things that you can glean from a good sense of touch. And of course, uh, there's a lot of experience involved with that. And, and that's another thing I want to talk about too, because uh, as a sense of touch or having a sense of touch and, and basically just having nerve endings in the ends of your fingers and your fingertips is really not the end of the sense of touch. The sense of touch is like I said, it's important and it can be useful in some things, 
in some phases of, of auto repair and other types of repair as well. But there's also a certain touch that people have that's not tangible. It's not uh, physical. It's not a physical touch. But some people have a touch. And, and I'll try to demonstrate what I'm talking about. When you're brand new, okay, when you were a new technician or when you first started working on cars, and, and you have to, some of you have to think back quite a ways because you've been doing it for a while, but think back to when you first started working on cars and you first got your hands on your dad's tools or maybe your brother's tools and you started trying to work on a car and you're trying to take off or tighten up some nut or bolt and you just have no sense of touch for how fasteners get tightened or loosened and you broke the living fucking shit out of bolts and you stripped bolts and you broke heads off of bolts and you broke the fucking tools sometimes you just broke the fuck out of shit you broke a lot of shit and hopefully it was your own shit sometimes it wasn't sometimes you broke other people's shit and you made them very unhappy about that and uh that's me i did that i broke a lot of people's shit oh my god i owe so many people from breaking all of their fucking shit and a lot of those people aren't even around anymore if it's terrible thing i never got to pay them back maybe i can pay them back by helping you all of you who listen to this podcast avoid doing this to people in your family or friends or whatever but uh for a long time i was a horrible mechanic just terrible and uh thought i was pretty good at it and had to find out the hard way that uh, eh, not so good but uh i kept at it i kept practicing i kept doing it i kept doing it i kept doing it and eventually i got the touch i got a feel for how tight you can tighten something and not fucking break it, how tight something should be and it's tight enough, how tight something could be before it strips, different things. Those are different things. And that's a feel. That's a touch that you would get. And experienced technicians have that touch. I don't care. I mean, I'm thinking probably, probably for most of us anyway, I would say right around the five-year mark, you start to get that touch. And at the 10-year mark, you should pretty well have it mastered. Now, I'm at the point, I've been doing it for about 40 years now, So, and but I don't have as good a sense of touch as some people do, okay? And I want to talk about that a little later, but I am to the point now where if something starts to strip, I know that I should probably just fucking stop tightening it, okay? And there's been many times where I'll be tightening something up, and I've got the uh, the old uh, left-right arm torque wrench thing working where I think I know how tight it's got to be, and I'm going at it, and I'm tightening it up, and all of a sudden, you just there's a feel to it, and this is what I'm talking about. There's a feel to it. When you feel like that faster is at the fucking peak torque, it's ever going to let you torque it to, and anything after that is going to strip it. And so you stop right fucking there and you don't damage that fucking thing any further than you already have. You leave it. It's not cross-threaded, but if you go even another quarter of a fucking inch, it's just going to be completely stripped. So you leave it. You fucking, you stop right there. You know you have to stop right there. And that happens to me, I would say probably a couple, two, three times a month where I'll be tightening something up and, and the wrench is just like, oh, I'm getting easier to turn. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking stop turning you, you bastard. And and you have actually tightened something just that fucking tear hair too much. And uh, so you stop and you, you, you avoid the carnage of tightening something too much. And uh, that's a touch that I'm, I'm sorry, new guys and young guys, you just, you're not going to get that until you're older. Sorry. Uh, I know that when you boys go into the store to try to buy experience, they proof you and, and you're always too young to buy it. So you, you have to earn experience. Experience is earned and, uh, and it, sometimes it's earned uh, the hard way. I earned it the hard way. I fucked up an awful lot of shit. I've broken off an ass load of bolts. 
Uh, I'm from the north, so I've broken off a lot of bolts that shouldn't have broken off. I've also uh, stripped out bolts that I shouldn't have been able to strip or or have, you know, been gingerly removing, and yet they stripped anyway. Uh, that's one of the things I'm talking about when I talk about the touch. Uh, it's not the sense of touch so much as it's the touch, as in knowing how far you can push something and backing off from that point. And sometimes I still miss, you know, sometimes I still fucking crank the shit out of something. And the next thing I know, I'm looking at the head of it on the floor. And uh, of course, I, I go ballistic then. I don't think I need to tell you how bad that is. Uh, you know, not only did it break off, but it landed on the floor. Thank you, gravity. But that's a touch and, and you'll get that. Okay, if you're if you're a new guy, you have to just go at the cars and strip the fuck out of bolts and fasteners and shit. And then you have to figure out how to take them out. And eventually you will learn not to do it anymore. Uh, the one thing that I notice is I can always tell, and, and this is another thing you get with experience too, I can always tell who has changed the oil in any of my cars, and I call them my cars because I am personally responsible for them. The people who own them are just driving them. They're going to deposit them in a junkyard someday for right now. They're my cars, and I'm responsible for them. That's the way I look at it anyway. But I, I, I don't like it when someone who has no idea what the fuck they're doing gets their hands on one of my cars and drains the oil and puts the drain plug in so motherfucking tight that I have to get my three-foot snap-on half-inch drive fucking ratchet out to get the fucking drain plug out. That, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, text new and old, is too fucking tight. Stop doing that shit, okay? It's supposed to be tightened to 25 newton meters in most cases. If you have a four, if you have a 12 by one and a half thread oil drain plug, 25 newton meters is perfect for tightening it up. And always replace the drain plug gasket because it gets crushed. It's what is supposed to happen. If you got one that's already crushed and you try to tighten it up and it doesn't it doesn't want to tighten up and it starts to leak, tightening it some more is not going to fix the fucking problem. It's just going to irritate the next guy who changes it. Who knows what the fuck he's doing? And I mean, I can I can tighten a drain plug and I can I've got a feel for it and I'm probably within fucking three or five newton meters of how fucking tight it's supposed to be by the service manual. But if you're a new guy, you don't know that, so probably you should use a fucking torque wrench. And then a torque wrench will teach you that something isn't nearly as tight as you think it should be, but it's as tight as it should be in an engineering sense because tightening of tightening torque for bolts is almost always calculated on the thread pitch and the thread size, okay? So you can have a bolt that has 14 by one and a half uh, threads and the torque on that, whatever it is, whether it's a lug nut or a drain plug, the torque is almost always gonna be the same, almost always, I say. You wouldn't wanna torque a 14 by one and a half threaded drain plug to 140 newton meters like you would a uh, lug nut, because they have two different fucking jobs. It's not necessary to torque that 14 by one and a half thread pitched drain plug to 140 newton meters. Otherwise, the next guy who has to change oil is going to come looking for you and probably murder you on the spot with his three foot half inch drive snap on fucking ratchet. Okay, don't do it. Just fucking don't do it. Now, I've, I've worked with guys. I work with a lot of guys who are smarter than me. I work with guys, all the guys I work with know things I don't know. So uh, one of the things I wanted to tell you is that, that having a sense of touch is really almost not as important as having the uh, ability to learn things from people 
regardless of how you feel about them. And it's it's tough sometimes. I mean, you know, you, you could you could learn something from every human being on this planet. Trust me, it's you're gonna learn something you don't know from every human being on this planet. So if you're one of these people who is judgmental and makes judgment calls about people, whether they're smart or stupid or, you know, or whatever, whatever kind of judgment calls you made, you, you're gonna kind of wanna stop doing that, okay? Because somebody, anybody in the world could teach you something you didn't know and make your life easier or better or both. Now, I don't have any problem learning things from other people. And I see people all the time that have a better sense of touch than me, all the time. And I have worked with some technicians who are truly brilliant technicians who could look at a car and rub a windshield or a back glass in a specific manner and tell you if the AM antenna in the windshield is in the in the back glass is bad. That happened to me. I had a, a, a wonderful gentleman who was a, a foreman at a shop I worked at who seemingly knew exactly what was wrong with every car before it was even pulled in. And I'm telling you, he was, he was spot on almost every time. I mean, he was, he was never fucking wrong. And it became a joke after a while because you would pull in and he'd yell out, you know what it needs. And I would be like, no, I don't know what it needs. You do, but I don't. Cause then I'd have to diagnose it and figure out what it needs. And he'd come along and say, yeah, I knew that. And I, of course he did know that. Cause if you just ask him what's wrong with it, he'll say, it's probably this. And then you go through and you diagnose it. Sure enough, he was fucking right. But uh, the killer part was, is that he could do certain things to cars and, and coax a diagnosis out of them with his fucking fingers. Uh, the the back window was a good one. We had uh, some of the cars we had had problems with the back windows because the antennas were in there as part of the defroster. They looked like part of the defrost circuit and they would short out internally and then they wouldn't pick up radio stations and uh, I was given one one time where the advisor had told me he said oh we just replaced the back window and then the radio is not working right again and so in my mind I'm like okay it's probably not the back window so I'm diagnosing like everything except the back window which I should never do and you should never listen to an advisor tell you what's wrong with the car anyway which is another uh, particular point of interest in this particular story. But then when I, when I stated to my foreman that I was having trouble diagnosing this radio, he immediately jumped in the back seat because I hadn't told him that the window had been recently replaced. And he rubbed his fingers, his, his, his index and his middle finger in a manner that is probably spelled out in the Kama Sutra. He rubbed his fingers on this window and said, yeah, you need a new rear window because he was able to make the antenna work by rubbing it. And then when his fingers were not near it, it wouldn't work. And then it would work. And then it wouldn't work. And then it would work. And so by finding this car's back window G spot, he was able to diagnose the car in literally seconds flat. And he saved me a lot of time and energy because when he told me that the window had just been replaced, I found out that it was four years earlier that it had been replaced. So it was indeed bad. So don't, don't forget boys and girls that the sense of touch can actually do wonders for you. And if you have a copy of the Kama Sutra, maybe maybe it'll help you fix cars. Maybe it'll help you fix something else in your life. I don't know, and I'm not going to make any more comments on that, but uh, that was an extraordinary situation which left me rolling on the floor laughing because it was just funny to me, and maybe it's not funny to you. I don't care. But this guy, had he had, he had the touch. This This guy had the touch better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. He could look at something. He knew what... He, he he did it all the time. And, and there were times, too, when I, I owe homage to this guy because he was really the best I ever saw. But he, he, would, he would come over and he would grab a wire. You'd be having some sort of silly fucking problem with some module. And he would grab a certain part of a wiring harness and shake it. 
and cause that problem to go away and then come back and go away and come back. And you say, oh, yeah, you got to shorten that harness. And I would be like, how? I, I would be standing there with my mouth agape just going, how the fuck do you do that? And he would just smile and walk off. He had, it was almost, it was a sixth sense, boys and girls. He just, he sees dead cars. He was really good at it. And uh, if he recognizes himself in these descriptions, I want to just say hello and thank you for all of the wonderful advice you gave me over the years and 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 even after i left there he helped me out and i I owe him big for that and so uh but i (laughs) i am indebted to him forever okay but uh all because he's really good with his sense of touch so one last thing i did want to say though let me let me get this in here and then we'll sign off okay um one of the other things that you can do with a sense of touch is in a lot of the cars nowadays mine especially are just packed full of fucking shit i mean components and hoses and wires i mean just just packed i mean you open up a hood and there isn't even room to leave a banana peel in there without it making the hood bulge if you close it there's no room in these cars and sometimes you have to put a screw into something or screw something back together again or put something uh put any you know i mean you have to make you have to connect a connector or have to push a hose on or maybe you have to tighten up a radiator clamp of some kind and you can't even see the fucking thing and years ago it was explained to me that you need to be able to see with your hands and this is a tangible thing you have to be able to do because i mean if you can if you can visualize what something's supposed to look like and maybe you run your hands over it and in your mind you can visualize what it looks like. I'm not that great at that. I can do it a little bit. I can feel something and then get an idea in my mind for what it should look like. And really, if, if, I've, if I've seen it before, if I've seen it before, I can do that a lot easier than if I've never seen it before. But if I have to like connect something to it, like I have to put a screw in or perhaps hook up a wiring harness again, connect the connector. If I've seen it, with my own eyes, or maybe I can even see it with a mirror or even a borescope. You laugh how often I use that fucking thing. If I can see it in my mind, then with my fingers, I should be able to see it with my fingers as well and go, okay, this is where this is, this is where this is. And I might be looking off into space, but I'm seeing with my fingers and I'm able to either thread in a bolt or connect a connector or possibly, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, more famous ones is trying to put a goddamn headlight bulb in some of these cars are so fucking tight you get your hand in there you're lucky if you can get your hand in there you can't see in there but then you got to try to put a bulb in and you got to put it in exactly right and then you got to twist it 45 degrees and then it's in and then you have to reach around find the connector for the fucking bulb and then plug it in lots of lights are like that fuck I can't, I can't get over it. Some of them are just impossible. Some of them you have to shred half the car and pull the fucking goddamn thing out and then put the bulb in and put it all back together again. And I'm not making that up. We've had cars where I will, you know, they have a bulb out and the customer will be like, oh, I need you to replace the bulb. I go, yeah, it's three hours. And they go, what? I go, I got to remove the bumper. And they go, fuck, are you kidding me? No, I'm sorry, I'm not kidding you. Believe me, if I could do it in two seconds, I would do it in two seconds so that I don't have to have this conversation with you. But unfortunately... The bulb is in the bottom of the headlight. The bottom of the headlight bites butts right up against the fucking rebar for the bumper. And so the bumper has to come off. The rebar has to come off. The headlight has to come out. I have to flip the fucking thing over. I have to remove three screws. I have to take that cover off. And then I have to turn the bulb 90 degrees and I have to unplug it. And none of that shit's easy. None of that shit's easy. And it helps a little bit if I can see with my fucking fingertips. But that's that's something, you know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, the future technicians are going to have to figure out on their own. You can't you can't teach somebody to see something with their hands. 
You know, you could feel something and it feels like this or it feels like that. And you could be way the fuck off because that happens to me a lot. Listen, I've been on here long enough and uh, Eric's going to have to cut a lot of this horse shit out. And I apologize. So, but uh, what I do want to say is that out of all of the senses, and believe it or not, there's one more coming. And if you can't figure out what it is, then that's what it is. Okay. But uh, out of all the senses, probably the, the one that you're going to use the least, but can be helpful too, is the sense of touch. Okay. And so that I don't lose my touch. What I'm going to do is sign off right now, and I do that by saying, see ya.